And it's part three, the final part of where the road takes me this evening. I'm in the Cahermore area of the Bearer Peninsula, and I'm on Blackball Head in the home of Jerry and Dan Harrington. Jerry is known to friends far and wide as Jerry Blackball. Well, at the end of part two, Jerry spoke about getting a stroke. Lucky for him, it was a slight stroke, which saw his speech and physical senses return after a short time. After two days, Jerry decided eventually to go to the doctor, who told him that he would have to go to Bantry Hospital. After a little resistance, Jerry gave in and headed for hospital. Grand anyway, take up and go inside. He would have a tree patient in the ward. And during the night, there was a very bad patient inside. He was speeching all night. I said, like, there were no rush anyway. And there was a little funny attack in the morning. We were from Chickabreen. A young man very well, but he, he, he got a worse stroke. He got a worse, he was very bad up with the stroke. And I said to the nurse, she came to the I said, I must go home. She said, what do you mean? She said, to go home. I said, my good wife is her own. I said, well, she'll be out in Land's End. And where is that? I said, something called, which place called Cahamore. And she's on her own. I said, but she's not capable of being on her own. And I'm very worried. I said, can I get home? Oh, gosh, I can't go home. She must see the doctor. So the doctor came in and a couple of hours after. And he said, you, you're, I understand your circumstances. He said, that you want to get home. Your wife is on her own, yes. Well, I sent you home for the medication. And one day delighted. I got away that evening. I said, it was fine. Like. You were lucky because strokes can be nasty. I things. know they can, yes, yeah. and very, very, very lucky. But I got no warning whatsoever, like, no warning in the world wide. And my blood pressure was fine, was checked three months before that. So you don't have blood pressure to get a stroke, but it was a slight one. But I didn't think about it since two years ago. To survive a stroke, keep asthma at bay and reach the age of 90. Jerry must have done something right. The good, healthy, fresh sea air on Blackball Head would be a good place to start, I imagine. But Jerry believes that it all begins with the head. Not so much the head itself, but what's inside of it. Get that right, he says, and the rest should fall into line. Well, uh, my Irish opinion is keep going and keep meeting people and getting out amongst people like and live a happy life as much as you can and avoid trouble, trouble, trouble you. A lot of it is up there, is it? I think so. At the head, yeah. yeah. I think so. What about diet? I mean, for a man who fished all his life, did you eat a lot of fish? I did. Yeah. And she did eat fish. Yeah. I, I like fish all the time. And my main stay one time was the big black sole of my breakfast in the morning. The black sole. Black sole. Which I won't get now. But in the fall that time, you're that variety of what he wanted there, like. And the big turbot is what we should, we should finish him with a gun feed, like. Yeah. And how would you do them then? How would you... Oh, the frying pan. Frying pan. With a bit of butter? A bit of oh, butter, yes, sir. Yeah, that in butter mostly. And they were, they were a grand flavour, and I'm like, no doubt about that. So we enjoyed the old we were there, like with the good crews, and that was, you know, they were all used to hard work at the same time. But in the day, we look at the pier, you got on the pier, and in there, and I meet up me off the board, and I phone their hand, no talk. And I, I said, I had men will be a lot of trouble in their mind at an early stage to my phone. No talk, couldn't have bad. I gave up by John, looking to the boat and see one side like looking into space. Nothing better than nice fresh fish and a feed of new spots. No. I do spot no, you don't say to him, no, but we buy my cash for them. If I came there, they come for they come for you know. We don't spot one head, they were nothing better like. So, how, how do you pass your time now? Well, I pass my time, I would read. Oh, I go, I go out on the farm still. Yeah. Up to the time I got to, up, 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 up the time I did get sore, then only the last week. But I went to get a call to, to Cork. The stomach is not right. He make, well, it's all right, but 
Asthma is a common lung condition that affects one's ability to breathe. This might mean difficulties in breathing from time to time or breathing problems most of the time. It can affect all ages, from the very young to the elderly. Severe asthma can be life-threatening. Kelp or seaweed, on the other hand, may improve sensory receptors. It may also improve blood vessels, aid in digestion, ease constipation, may reduce hair loss and help with diabetes and weight management. Kelp may also treat gastrointestinal ulcers. Jerry has been diagnosed with asthma, but discovered a home remedy that helped ease a severe attack of asthma some time ago. But it was what bad one to do years ago. I was near dying a few times, but I went back to the hospital several times, but the structure actually out the house, that thought it would make it. And uh, anyway, I got this evening beyond the stand, and there was chunks of red weeds there. And I cut him up into the pot, and my woman said to me, she said, the house, the smell, she said, there's something real. Of, of what? Of, of the red weed. I said, well, can you have turned? I suppose it's a wood. Yeah, red weed. The red weed. Yeah. And I boiled it in the pot anyway, and put it in the bog, and put a couple of glass of whiskey into it. <laughs> and a couple of spoons of honey. And I slipped it slow, and I slipped the next one, and the next thing they could see the whole square around. <laughs> And then life where I was. <laughs> that would do it all right, yeah. Life where I was, anyway, the sweat till February. Sweat when my body came out. My woman had changed the clothes. And the next day, I felt a lot better. Yeah. Not say I cleared it completely, but it's still done the job at the time. And for people now who wouldn't know what the red weed is, what's the red weed? The red weed is what they call lisk. It grows, the lisk grows on it the summertime, the spring of the year, we get the lisk on it. It's the stumps, long stumps of weeds. You get it all along the rocks. Yeah. In the deep water. It's a very good, a very good man for the for the for, for the system. And a drop of whiskey with it. A drop of whiskey with it. And some honey. Yeah, it did my job on you that him. Well, was very bad. Like, well, not say I got it since and got it gets it now and again still, but the condition I was in that him. Oh, well, Bantry has been many a time there. Did the kelp? The kelp weeds? Yeah. Oh, kelp. Yeah. Just out the side the point there, the weeds you get out and out and around the top of the point here. There's a lot of cures in the sea, a lot of cures, like a lot of cures in it, like. And then they found out for the another time it's got out in the evening, down the the down the way for the boat to go out, like. And once I got outside the harbour and the open air, I could find myself any better. The sea air. The sea air was this, the answer to salt, but the answer for the... I can see how the um, the red weed and the whiskey and the honey would make the house spin all right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spin by sin, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going <laughs> And how did you feel when it stops spinning? <laughs> <laughs> I was asleep then. <laughs> I woke up right now where I was. <laughs> it's a known fact that many people who are in a living at sea are unable to swim. There's a reason behind that which deserves further debate but on another occasion. The law of averages would suggest that if you spend your life at sea and at the seafront, sooner or later you may have a narrow escape with the water, if you're lucky. Unfortunately, too many people weren't. Jerry Blackball was no exception, but lucky for him, he could swim. Well, only for the swimming was lost. 
very, very simple down here in the pier in the hand bay. This about about fifteen years ago now, and I, I was get my for after Rick, and I went out in the morning of the boat. I got a piece of timber on the top of white ball, and I brought it into the harbour and left it against the pier. So some damage was anyway, and the wife said to me, "She said, why are you going with the tractor? I'm going down to rip the piece of timber that I took, and I left the tractor on the pier, and I had no brake, and went off the pier. The tide was half, with the tractor down to the water." And my jacket got caught in the leave of the tractor, my clover got caught in the leave of the tractor, so I couldn't get off when I wanted to come up. So it was a touch and go I swallowed a mouthful of water, and I got up, I was kind of half dazed. And I got to the pier, and the dirties spotted me, and they came down. They were deadly. And Paul, and they brought me home to the house, and the van. And they said, I would change my clothes. No need to change your clothes, we will take you home. I said, and I got home, and the woman got an awful and she knew what happened. And the tractor was the final finish of the tractor, but I, I made it myself. So I changed my clothes anyway. It was a Sunday evening, I won't forget it. And I hit it Ali's. And the woman said to me, She said, You're not been able for Ali's, just Saturday. I said, I'll go to Ali's. Went Ali's a couple of whiskeys and Ali's. A few whiskeys anyway, and it was all over. I forgot about what happened. Was it deep down there? It was about eight feet. Yeah, well, deep enough, yeah. yeah. And only for the swimming, I had no hope. I yeah. had to hope on the worldwide. But swim like a lot of vicious swimmers got lashed. But at the same time, you won't get excited when you can't swim in the water. It's what happened is panic. If you can't swim, you get panic, you know, you'll get panic and you'll overpower yourself. And it's the simplest thing in the world to keep afloat when you keep your hands flapping in the water. So if you couldn't swim and you didn't panic, if you just stayed still, you'd stay afloat. Whip your hands and they keep paddling up and down, you keep afloat. Simplest could be.
There was an area here once known as the White Houses. Nobody knows why, and no, they weren't white from what we can gather. 120 families lived here at the beginning of the 1900s. Many of these families emigrated. Some came home eventually, others never saw the White Houses again. At least, though, they had the consolation of meeting their own in the likes of New York. One such man, Jerry tells me, was Pat O'Sullivan. Yeah, and he went to the States, to New York. And he went there a while, like six or eight months. And he was into this pub anyway, and he thought that he's cold inside the flat. I was still like him. One fellow said the next floor, anyway, he said, God, he said, it wouldn't be a fine day. He said, to be sitting in the bank of the White House. So Pat said, look at Pat said, is it Black Ball, he said, you mean? Oh, yes. Not the White House in Washington. The, the White House in Black Ball, he don't hear the harbour in the, in the day and the harbour. They left it here, they went to the there was nothing for them, there was hundreds of them left to play. So Pat became great from the, with the clothing from, that came from here. He couldn't believe it to think that the man was touched in the bank of the White House. And it was known as the White House here. Yeah, the White House is known here on Saturday at least. Called the White House because white, it was white. Yeah. It, you Obviously. know, I do you know what wasn't actually white, but you know what it is for the White House. How got the name, like? It's been yeah. before my time, you know, that we've gone back in the 20s, like. But for the busy place at the time, there was boats that were tied across, and uh, it was all fishing, like, uh, it was hardly been like, and a lot of them were oars. And the final word from Jerry on the sand boats. Well, there was a sandboard here that um, I met young came back in the 40s and there was two men there was a witch and there two neighbors, two handles and they dropped the dredge in the, we said the north side of the harbour and they had the anchor dropped ahead or for the heave to the anchor to fill the bag of sand which was hard work and it was all done by hand. No winch, no no motor and they rode their boat to the pier then the evening with two sixteen foot oars with a boat of sand and shoveled it onto the pier and some days they do the second might be late at night they do the second boat and they got a voucher that in from the government that paid for the most of the sand. And towards the you know, there were all horse and cars. They haven't seen as many as 20 horse and cars in the road here collecting sand. And the sand was used as fertiliser? Fertiliser. Yeah. The best in the world. The land was remarkable here for the sand was put out. Finally, it was an honour for me to meet, speak to and record Jerry. My thanks to his wife Anne for her welcome and her hospitality. The idea that I record Jerry Blackball was suggested to me by Michael O'Sullivan of Castleton Bear. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you spending an hour of your Sunday evening with me, as always. But until Sunday evening next on Where the Road Takes Me at 7 on C103, from myself, John Green, have a safe and a very enjoyable week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now.